This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. My goodness! I'll tell you what, I leave the house for a couple of days, hand things over to my son Shamari, and I come back after a brief vacation, two days off the air, and what the hell's going on? No more Damian Lee, GP2's out the door, Otto Porter's gone, Nemia Bielitsa's walking around Europe again. (laughs) <laughs> and the Pac-12 doesn't have USC and UCLA. What the hell did you do, Shamari? What's going you know, on, man? You know, my, my thing, man. My thing, baby. You know, Here's a funny thing. I'm sitting here looking at the text line. I have no idea exactly what's going on. I was listening. I was listening to Kyle and JD. Shout out Kyle and JD, man. You guys, you guys are dope. As always, it's awesome. Tough act to follow. But here's the thing, though. Okay? I'm looking at the text line, and I'm seeing some stuff, including Miles Bridges for James Wiseman. I'm like, wait, well, let me let me process. Can he, wait, wait, can, can he sort out his can he sort out his legal issues first? I mean, James Wise might not be injured, man, but he, he doesn't have pending cases. Okay, now I don't know. Wasn't recently arrested for domestic abuse. Exactly, less right? than a week ago. So that just instantly puts him up there. I see some um, I see some Damian Lee talk on here, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, we don't need to rehash their text lines. <laughs> we'll get into our own. And we're going to talk about, first things first, let's just run it down, okay? Let's just take a step back and get you caught up on what's taking place. We'll update it, including the latest regarding Damian Lee. Wait, 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 Dan, can can we call it free agency frenzy? (laughs) If you want. (laughs) Orgy, how about free agent orgy? (laughs) Free agent GP2, finalizing a three-year, $28 million deal with the Portland Trailblazers. Let's circle back to GP2 in a matter of moments. Free agent Otto Porter Jr., Vital member, obviously, of this Warrior team reached an agreement with the Toronto Raptors on a two-year deal with a player option. Free agent Damian Lee, as of last night, the brother-in-law of one Steph Curry, died, (laughs) agreed to a one-year deal with the Phoenix Suns. Free agent center Kevon Looney has agreed to a three-year 25 point, or I'm sorry, yeah, 25, no, 28.5, million dollar deal to return to the Golden State Warriors. And free agent Dante DiVincenzo. Hey, hey, DiVincenzo. I was like, wait, give me that, uh, yeah. You know, Dante, give me that DiVincenzo. Hey, give me get some over of that. there on defense. We're okay, I, 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 I can't do it, man. It's not in my blood to say it that way. It's in your blood to say it that way. You, you nailed it. Dante DiVincenzo has agreed to a two-year, $9.3 million deal with the Golden State Warrior player option in year two. Any of these take you by surprise? Hmm, no. No. And here's why, man. I said this the other day. Before Looney re-upped and before GP2 left town, man, I said at some point over the next 24 hours, someone that you think you can't live without is going to leave town. And it's sad that it was GP2. 
But it would be even sadder if it were loony, right? But they weren't going to be able to keep every keep the band together. You did say that. And, and, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm glad GP2, he got his paper. He is $28 million richer. In comes Dante DiVincenzo. We're going to see what he does. Hey. He, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was a contributing player. He was a he played 20 plus minutes a game for a championship team, okay? So so we're not talking about we didn't we didn't get that somebody's end of the bench guy. This guy's played meaningful minutes for a championship team. So that that's something. That is absolutely something. So I'm hearing a lot of pushback initially, all right? I'm a drive back and I'm hearing, you know, I'm listening to certain people locally, and there seems to be a lot, a lot of chatter concerning GP2. And a lot of people feel as though the Warriors went after the wrong guy in re-signing Kevon Looney. Now, I'm not one of them, but I'd like to hear from anybody out there that feels the same. But if it was an either-or, if it came down to Kevon or GP2, are you satisfied going the route of Kevon Looney coming back to the Golden State Warriors? To me, this is not a slide in GP2. It's a no-brainer. And I think he sealed the deal in what I thought of the most important game throughout the entire tenure of the postseason. That, of course, was game six against the Memphis Grizzlies. When he ripped 22 boards, that's it. How much do you want? We'll sign on the dotted line. GP2, getting the three years at $28 million, a lot of people feel as though he was overlooked, has been overlooked by the Warriors ever since his arrival, <laughs> and not recognizing, and I'm serious, there were some people that feel as though, they'll remain nameless, but some people that you might respect, some people that that feel as though that this was a, a warrior organization, starting with Bob Myers and Steve McCurry and company, that took this man for granted. Can you buy into that at all? Or is this just a matter of, hey, listen, man, we can't afford everybody, and we need to economize to a certain degree? See, here's the thing. Okay, so yesterday I, I went to the Sporting News, I believe it was, and I, I printed up a chart. I since threw it into the recycling. They've taken the recycling out. I don't have my chart anymore, okay? <laughs> But essentially, it's you like this. You ever do that? You go back to the trash, the recycling? Yeah, like, like, I need that. Where is the it? Chart? Where's the chart? I, was, I walked out of here last night. It was 10 o'clock. I'm like, all right, I'm gone, right? Um, but saving $10 million in salary cap dollars, right, saves $50 million in luxury tax. It's a repeated tax. tax. Yeah. Well, no. If you save... Twenty million in luxury tax. You save something like a hundred and ten million in in luxury. Ta- I'm sorry. If you save twenty million off the salary cap, you save something like a hundred and ten, hundred thirteen million in luxury tax. Okay. That that, that now let, let's mind you, mind you, the salary cap is a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty somewhere about there. So if you can cut twenty million off of your over the cap number, right? You are literally saving. The salary cap. So um, you, you can't have everybody, man. And, and the Dante DiVincenzo is getting $4 million a year, basically four and a half to GP2's nine, man. And, and hey. <laughs> Not to what? mention you got Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins waiting in the wings. And Wait, hey, don't, hey, don't forget our guy Moses Moody. He's supposed to be a deep defender. He like I, I don't know no, if he's going to be No, I waiting GP2. in the wings in terms of new contracts of or paid. extensions. Yeah. So we're still not done <laughs> yeah. here. So you just wonder how much of this is budgeting and what is their thinking and or prioritizing. I- wait, wait, hold on one second, though, Dan. 707 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Did you say D. Lee? Good riddance. Where's that? Oh, that, that, D. D. Lee, Lee Hayes starting already? I'm like, wait, D. Lee? 
I mean, listen, he's, he's at the end of the bench, man. We, we, we also got to get in this D-League thing. I'm curious about that. People are not – I mean, I get, like, being, you know, ambivalent. Toward, like, that's that's the only feeling I think you have towards Dave Ely. It's like, okay, well, you know, he was on the team, right? To be like, I'm glad that guy's out of town. And let me tell you this, man. Watch, watching him play defense against John Morant in the, in the, uh, in the Memphis series, that was vomitable. I'm just going to say that, okay? I was like, oh, my God. But, you know, like. Is that a Shamariism or is there a word called vomitable? vomitable? No, no that, that's, a, that's a blockism, man. Absolutely vomitable. But, but again. We're going straight block early on. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what it means, though, right? Um, I can figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> but no, man, uh, the, the 510 is saying G- Looney was the right choice over GP2 by a mile. I agree. GP2 is not starter quality. And, and again, that, that's true also. I don't know that Kavon Looney is. I don't know that Kavon Looney is. In a perfectly structured team, he's, he's maybe not, not a starter, starter either. Yeah. Exactly. But as of right was, now. Well, I was trying to say this because I know Brian's behind me. And I'm like, wait, how do I say this? Without setting off my man B Rye, man. But uh, our no. producer actually has a life-size poster, Kevon Looney. He, <laughs> by the way, our producer happens to be 14, so a lot of it's explainable. <laughs> Let's open up officially the phone lines. Here we go: triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's find out if we have anybody waiting. Oh, we do. Cade's out in San Francisco. Wants to kick it off. Let's go, Cade. Hanging out in the city. Wants to get into Warrior Talk. What's up, Cade? Yeah. So at the end of this championship ring probably would have thought about was who are the two pieces not to lose and on the, would have thought about Kevon Looney and GP2 but then he would have been ready to lose either of them if he got a good substitute for either of them right so he knows that he can only save one so he probably didn't find a good match to Kevon Looney he probably found a match for two-thirds of what GP2 does in the Vincenzo guy and a Dante guy, right? And so probably that's a better deal than actually letting uh, Kawan Looney go for half of what Kawan Looney did for us and pay the same amount of money or even more. So that must have been the thinking for him to let uh, GP2 go. So it, it was, there was no choice for him at the board, I think. Hey, Kate, thanks for the call. It's a good point. You sort of wonder in all of this, Shamari, how did this happen in terms of the turn of events? When they knew they're grappling with, okay, they come up with a certain number with GP2, and you see that the number that he, the offer that he's getting is exceeding what Portland's offering is maybe exceeding the number that you guys had agreed upon. At what point did the Dante DiVincenzo conversation that, at what point did Dante make himself available where the Warriors said, oh, we got Dante DiVincenzo, I think GP2 is expendable? Could that have been the thought process, or was it we lost GP2? Let's go get Dante. I mean, I don't think it – I don't think – You don't think one has anything no, to do with the other? No, I don't think anything. I, I'll tell you like this, okay? If GP2 would have came in under their number, right? You're keeping deep GP2 you, and you're bringing in Dante DiVincenzo, right? I, they're, they're different players if you really, really think about it. They play – they're both guards, right? But that's kind of where – 6'4". That's kind of where the similarities not as good in. defensively, yeah. Exactly. So I think that – so Looney got basically just – under a little over eight million a year, right? He got twenty five million, twenty five and a half. So that's like eight and a half million a year, right? GP two got over nine million a year, and I think that I think that that's all that was to it. I don't think that they prioritized. I think that I think that it was something to the effect of okay, first person to take this eight million a year contract is is is, is the one that we're keeping. But also, but also, Kavon Looney's market 
just was it because remember me you are you you remember me on a Wednesday right I'm like oh man Kevon Looney 22 boards in a, in a closeout game against a tough Memphis team this dude's got to be worth 10 or 15 right he wasn't he wasn't he got a three million dollar bump <laughs> yeah after it's all said and done right and, and, well, well that's a funny thing and, and compared to what he did when he signed that five million dollar contract right and don't get it twisted when he signed that $5 million contract, he had come off a playoff series where he proved that he can play as a big man and he can defend one through five, right? Invaluable. But it, he didn't do what he just did. He, he What he just did to, to, to think that he's only worth $3 million more than he was when he came, burst on the scene again in the in the Toronto series and in, in the Houston series, that's, that's kind of like, whoa, well, okay, all right, sure. Or I'm glad nobody values him as much as they do, and, and I wish that GP2 wasn't as valuable by the rest of the league standards as he was, but that's just how it played out. Uh, as it relates to Dante DiVincenzo, hey, Dante, it's, what in the world is Sacramento thinking? That's a whole other star, story What is Sacramento ever thinking? Come on. Come I mean, Sacramento. He... Uh, you know, I talked to a few people up there. He literally reared his head as the best, one of their best players in that roster in the last month and a half of the season. <laughs> Why they didn't match the offer? Hey, Sacramento, thank you very much. Your loss is the Warriors' gain. Off to Paul. Wait, wait. Me- meanwhile, PJ Tucker. Dot dot dot. Right. Paul's in Cupertino and wants to get into the conversation. Paul, my man, what is going on with you? Do we have uh, Paul? Thank you, Paul. What's going on, buddy? Hey guys, nice to talk to you. Um... Guys, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, it's not uh, Otto Porter or GP2 versus Kavan Looney. All these guys had a lot of impact this last season and contributed largely towards the championship. But uh, if you want to actually compare uh, uh, Otto Porter and GP2's combined impact on each game, it'll be about 20 points in just the amount of points they gave plus the blocks and... Uh, Turnover, I mean, the turnovers that they created for the other team, I would say it's anywhere from 25 to 30 points. Whereas the impact that Draymond created, and I always loved Draymond as the quarterback, but I think his role is becoming a little lesser this year. And it, if Draymond had been actually not part of this team going forward, this the impact on the salary cap would also be much lesser, and I think you would have been able to keep all these guys, Draymond, um, GP2, Otto Porter, and Kavan Looney also, without the impact on the uh, uh, cap salary cap. That, that's primarily my compact. Uh, 30 points is basically what, what the impact of losing GP2 and Otto Porter. Thanks so much, Ooh. Paul. Yep, I think you you nailed this on the head. Prior to to the frenzy that's taking place over the last couple of days, it's very rare, if ever, it might be unprecedented, especially for the defending champions in basketball, to bring everybody back. <laughs> so those of you that, are, not that you're going through this the first time, just keep in mind that you can't afford everybody. All right, and keep you also have to remember that in your back pocket, you're thinking about. Here come the big fish. We've got to spend a lot of money, upwards potentially to 30 mil a year, to keep Jordan Poole, give him his extension, and to satisfy him prior to the start of next season. So, so the 510 brought up something interesting that I that I wanted to throw out there that I forgot about, but it's it's pertinent to the GP2 thing and how much money he got paid versus what the Warriors could give him, right? So 
the 510 said they offered GP2 the mid-level, which is about $6.5 right? GP2 was making vet men money. And when you're over the cap, you can't pay any – you can only pay somebody something like 20 or 30% more than what they made the previous season. So the, the mid-level exception was the most that they could pay GP2, right? Which is why it's a no-brainer for him. So, so essentially what I'm saying is, is that they couldn't even offer – GP2, $9 million a year. The the most they could offer him is $6.5 million. This whole thing is very confusing, by the way. Well, the, the it's not when you like, think that the mid-level worked perfectly for DiVincenzo, which is one of the reasons why they slid him in. Oh, absolutely. Because he yeah. came in at the mid-level, which is a number, to your point, that didn't work for GP2, but it worked for DiVincenzo. Mm-hmm. But, but also just, like, GP2, because of what he was paid last year, the Warriors couldn't. They could not offer him $9 million a year. All right, let's get out to Pleasanton and say hello to Gary. Gary wants to join the conversation. What's up, Gary? How are you this afternoon? It's been great. Weird weather, but I love it. <laughs> and, um, I, not, uh, I was reading um, the Atlanta. I was reading Anthony Slater this morning, and he brought up it was a really good story about it. they wanted GP. They, they wanted him bad, but they could not uh, keep him because of the luxury tax and. Uh, Dante thing was uh, kind of got lucky. I guess he got squeezed uh, in free agency, and they sat him at the end of the year to try to decrease his value. Uh, but it ended up backfiring for the team. But um, so I guess he is the absolute um, replacement for GP, even though he's not going to have the same defense, better offensive score. Uh, and they're hoping that he returns back to uh, a couple years ago the form that he um, was better three point shooter. Could make and create his own shot where GP really couldn't. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's going to be upgrades, obvious upgrades to what he can do offensively. He's a good shooter. He can get to the rim. I think GP2 is a good passer, a good facilitator, but maybe not to the extent of that. A DiVincenzo, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I've watched him with Milwaukee. I've watched him time to time for Sacramento. But for me to get up here and to give you the full-on book, I'm done with <laughs> DiVincenzo. I'd be fronting. But I do think that nobody's denying the fact that GP2 was an impact special player. How many guys at 6'3", 6'4", are you putting in the dunker spot? He came onto the floor and almost immediately is turning the ball over and locking guys up and having an impact defensively. Very few people in the NBA will give you that shot in the arm. That's going to be missed. But as you go forward, and you wonder as to whether how nuanced that is to the Golden State Warriors and whether he's going to be the same player in terms of his effectiveness without the Portland Trailblazers, we'll have to wait and see. I'm just telling you, and again, Hey, listen, who was Otto Porter? For the most part, you know, whether you guys want to fess up and tell the truth or not, that's up to you. But a lot of you, I'm willing to bet, weren't all that intimately familiar with Otto Porter before his arrival or Nemnia Bielitsa and or GP2. So when it comes to Mr. DiVincenzo, hey, DiVincenzo coming to the Golden State Warriors, just keep an open mind. Not that it's a swap and or he's better than GP2, but he's going to give you things that maybe GP2 wasn't capable of providing. And, and Steve Kerr is the master of, hey, what does this guy do well? How do we fit that in and let him do that? And let's not forget that when you have Steph Curry on your team, that makes things easier for everybody, right? Like you, you don't have to figure out as much how to squeeze people in. If you're the Memphis Grizzlies, right, it's like, okay, how do we get people in here with Ja, right? We, we, if you play with Ja, you, you can't need the ball, for instance, okay? If you play with LeBron, you can't need the ball. That's why Westbrook and LeBron and AD was a disaster it was. Steph Curry, 
He is unselfish. He can fit multiple roles. And, and he is the like, – I don't care if you think Steph Curry is the best player in the NBA or not. I don't care if you think that. But you cannot deny that he is the best guy to play with. He is the best guy to lead your team. He is the best face of your franchise. So – when you talk about putting people into this team, it's not about replacing GP2's skill set. It's like, okay, let's get another person in that does stuff, and then they're going to be able to do that at a high level frequently because of what we have in place here in, in, terms, in terms of both the culture and the system. Mm, good point. Let's just go through some of these. We talked about GP2. We can revisit that. Otto Porter Jr., he's going to be sorely missed. Again, Otto Porter Jr., a guy that I think exceeded expectations Big rebounder, second to that of, of Wiggins in the postseason and, and Kevon Looney, so third, I suppose. But a guy that also stretched the floor, was able to give you that corner three, could shoot the three. I, I've been on record as saying this, though, with Otto Porter, not that he was expendable, but with him going out the door, if that means more minutes for the kids, namely one Jonathan <laughs> Kaminga, I am okay with it. Because 20, at some 20, point... 20. 22 minutes in, Dan, 22 minutes in. <laughs> oh, yeah. JK. What was the over and under tonight? So one thing you have to keep in mind in all of this, Shamari, is that as much as you have the core and as much as you get the free agents, as much as you lose the free agents, the Warriors' progress going forward is predicated as much on the development and expediting the development of the kids and getting them in the rotation so that when you hit the latter part of the season or you get back into the postseason 2023 and you're looking to run this thing back and get your back-to-back titles, that the Jonathan Kamingas and the Moses Moody's and the Jordan Pools and the James Weissmans are significant contributors. How does that happen? They got to get time. They got to get burned. They got to get run. And I'm sorry, if Otto Porter's in between Jonathan Kaminga and minutes, I love you, Otto Porter. Thank you so much. But I'd rather go the way of the youngster. But it, but it also diminishes Otto Porter's value, right? Because it's like, okay, we can keep you and pay you, you know, ten million or whatever, right? But we also have somebody here. We also have some guys in Kaminga and, and Moody, because Moody's six six, man. He's he's a big wing player. Also, we have some guys here that a you want to play, b or can can contribute, and c instead of replacing Otto Porter as as like the seventh guy on the roster, right? You move those kids up, and then you replace the 12th guy on the roster for vet men. And, and, and that's a good strategy when you have all this young talent. The other reason, getting back to Kevon Looney, one of the reasons why he was more important and vital in my mind to re-sign and get after rather than that of GP2. Ideally, you'd like to bring them both back, but if I had to choose, it's a no-brainer to me. Give me Kevon Looney. This is a team that has clearly been undersized all year long. They doubled down because they had to because of the injuries to James Weissman. They didn't go out and get that big. So it was all about Kevon Looney who came out and saved the day for the Golden State Warriors. The 22 rebounds was enough for me to see. And not knowing this, the uncertainty of James Weissman, again, not only does he not have his, you know, his sea legs in terms of, of enough reps and playing in NBA basketball games, but the health, first and foremost, with the health and the meniscus tear, you have to bring Kevon Looney back. If it's one or the other, Kevon Looney has to come back because you have no idea where James Weissman is headed. Now, a lot, of course, depends on this guy's development, but there's no way I bring GP2 back not knowing whether James Weissman I can rely on at all next year. No, because even if you knew James Weissman was about to have a Joel Embiid-esque emergence this season, you still need Kevon Looney because... 
after Kevon Looney, your next tallest guy is now that Otto Porter's gone and Bielitz is gone is Andrew Wiggins. You get what I'm saying? So, so even if we knew, if you knew that 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 Wiseman was going to come out and be David freaking Robinson, right? You still need a backup center. So Kevon Looney's value is Kevon Looney's value because Kevon Looney is valuable. That said, if Kevon Looney was a run-of-the-mill center this last season, I don't think they don't resign him because you can go out on the market and give you know freaking uh, I don't know. You name your guy, man. You can go you bring in DeMarcus Cousins for the vet men. You could bring in Serge Ibaka's getting yeah. some run. Willie Colley Stein, right? He's no, still in there. No. Damian Jones. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Kevon Looney is a significant upgrade over your run of the mill NBA center. And that's why he's back. And it really doesn't have anything to do, in my, in my estimation, with the, with the future of James Wiseman. When we continue, I want to get into Damian Lee. Why is this guy suddenly? Why is this a trigger man? The, the text line. We haven't even really said his name. Text line says, "Oh, Tammy Lee." Wait. By, by the way, Dan, uh, I don't know. I think the text is far down. But somebody in the five one zero blamed the Damian Lee hate on millennials. They're like, nobody under thirty. <laughs> no, only people under thirty hate Damian Lee. How about this? How about if we rephrase it? Those of you that like Damian Lee, those of you that feel this man is catching strays for no reason, let me hear from you. Otherwise, we're just going to hammer on the guy. <laughs> I'll tell you why he's expendable. <laughs> Damian Lee, the family, the godfather. Hey, Cam, give me a little godfather. We'll do it probably coming in. But the, he's part of the family. Steph's brother-in-law. Oh, my goodness. What do you say to Steph? He's gone, man. We'll talk Damian Lee. Your thoughts on Damian Lee out the door as well as the rest of the free agents coming to the Warriors and, of course, the key players they lost. Shamari Block and Dan Avone just getting started here on a Saturday afternoon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. On a 95.7 The Game. Now back to 95.7 The Game. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Leave the gun. Never disrespect the family, Shamari. Keep it going, Cam. Keep it going. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse, Shamari. Welcome back to 95.7 The Game. Damian Lee. Part of the family. Steph Curry, the godfather. 
and you say goodbye to my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, Shamari. On, on, the, on the day of my sister's wedding. The day of my sister's wedding, you cut my brother-in-law loose to Phoenix. All right, kill that. That was the worst acting in the history of 95-7 the game. Any thoughts on Damian Lee? Did, did you have to have, do you think they had to have that conversation with the Currys? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm curious to see what what the dollar amount was cuz I've looked I've looked everywhere since last night. I've looked all over the internet. I can't find what the dollars were. JTA got 1.9. I'm thinking he's somewhere about there. I forget what he was making with the Doves because you know, <laughs> it really doesn't matter, but um, I kind of feel like I feel like this. He is the 15th guy on the bench. They thought Chioza was. Chioza was the he was the second guy on the C dubs. Okay. It's a difference. He's not he wasn't quite an NBA player, man. By the way, yeah, man. Um anyway, let, let's stick with Damian Lee. Yeah, some keep, we, we can have some fun with Chioza. Your later. Hatred to one man, we, we 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 can we can we can have fun with Chioza later. No, you man. can have fun. I love the man. I, I Great, man. He's a great little guy, man. Um, yeah, no. Um, but here's the thing with Damian Lee is is that is that I feel like I feel like partially, I feel like part of this is him chorizo. <laughs> is him wanting out of town. I'll I think he you, wanted out of town. I'll, I'll tell you the hatred. For me at least, it's not hatred. <clears throat> he just wasn't very good. Yes. And on a team that has exceptional players, beginning obviously with your starters, and then the bench guys are good. You can see the contribution. When you get to someone like Damian Lee, for where the bar is so high for an NBA championship level team, and a guy comes in, and if he makes a couple of mistakes, misses some jumpers, I think, you know, he ran a little weird. Yeah, I can go there. That's how juvenile I am. Then it begins to, it's a crescendo, and you're just like, ugh, Damian Lee. Whereas if you put him anywhere else, you know, Damian Lee going to another basketball team, it may look somewhat tolerable. But with the, <laughs> with the Golden State Warriors, where the bar is up here, and for those of you at home that aren't watching me on Twitch and or Zoom, my hand is well above my beautiful head. When the bar is <laughs> way up there, then a guy that's exceptional to not very good stands out like a sore thumb. Let's get out to Jack's hanging out in Oakland and wants to talk about what's going on the last couple of days. Jack, my man, welcome aboard on a Saturday afternoon. How are you? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Um, you know what? Damian Lee, was he was coming on pretty well in the very beginning. And then he just lost his consistency. I'm not really sure why. But I can tell you one thing. If I could just say this about GP2, I am heartbroken over it i was in tears and i could cry right now on a dime over it i love that guy so it's really sad for me but can i say one thing about jordan Poole, or is it off the subject hey hey anything goes maybe anything goes really yes well here's what i think about jordan Poole. i thought that he when uh he was covering for uh for um clay and clay was on the bench and he was just coming back Jordan Poole was knocking it out of the park. He was doing like, I don't know, didn't he have like, um, he was hitting like an average of 32 points. Yeah, a game. He, he was and shooting you know 50. What? Oh, yeah. He was, he was shooting 50% from the field and over 40 from three, man, when he was filling in for Clay. Yes, he was he was lighting yeah, it up. He was up. locking it. He was really locking up. And then, you know what? And I, oh, I saw him in an interview and you could just tell that something was going to change. 
if they put him on the bench, and they did put him on the bench, and I think they shouldn't have. I should. I think they should have kept Clay on the bench, and I think that that's what's going on right now. I think if that Clay went on the bench, because Clay, he's not consistent. But GP two, I mean not GP two, but uh, Jordan Poole, I think if you give him, you know, first booking, you know, put him on the, you know, on the front line. I think that that would be really a, a whole game changer for him. He has to be star quality. All right, thank you so much. Uh, hey, Jack, are you, well, I wanted to see if Jack would actually cry. We'll Who see. cries on the basketball court? I mean, <laughs> crying in basketball? <laughs> Here's my thing, though, is, is that the strategy of bringing Clay back into the starting lineup, that led to a championship. So I don't know that you can question it. That, that said... Jordan Poole, you know, Jordan Poole is still evolving, right? We don't know what he's going to be. We know he's going to be. He's already pretty damn good, right? We don't know what he's going to be, though. He, he's still getting there. Well, if Clay you say you don't Clay. know what he's going to be, he's going to be demanding $30 million for that I don't know what you're going to be. So pay know, him. get your arms around that. Pay him. J- J- Jimmy G got $35 million after five good games. And then did it work out? No. But but as much as I rip on Jimmy G, hey, I the sw- text sign's going, we got a Garofalo and a DiVincenzo, huh? It's a Paisan hey. thing. And say it's a Paisan thing, man. Are you doing? I'm wait, wait, doing. So, no, I'm so doing. here's the deal, though. Here's the, here's the sad thing about that is that is that one of those guys is on their way out of town. So one of <laughs> they're never going to have that interaction. Okay, one showing up, what one's shipping now? I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I see the both of them in respect of San Francisco uniforms doing another subway commercial. Straight up Paisan. I love it. Now, well, but but to back to Damian Lee though, right? Back to Damian Lee. Do you really want to give this dude this much run? All right. Well, no. He, see, this is my thing with Damian Lee is that is that this is that there were times, particularly in the Maverick series, where Damian Lee was playing and Kaminga and Moody were on the bench, and I'm like, what? What's going on here? Well, right? I think to that point, a lot of what we miss is that we see things through the lens: is he scoring the basketball? Oh, he turned it over. Why isn't he? What, where's the dynamic part of his personality as it relates to being a basketball okay, wait, player? Wait, forget dynamic. What does he do well? But that's just it. Steve Kerr plays him over rookies because there are things that he does well that I don't think, at least I'll speak for myself, I'm not privy to. There's a level of security. He didn't turn the ball over. He has. He's in the right spot defensively. He understands rotations. There's little nuanced things that when you're, you're in the minutia as a coach – on a daily basis, that you find value in certain players that maybe you and I can't see. Okay, but now, now I feel like I'm gonna start. Now I feel like I'm coming down on Damian Lee when I'm actually defending him. But, but he know. Here's the thing: he knew where to be on defense, and then he'd be there, and then he'd get dribbled around or shot over. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It doesn't help. It doesn't help if you're in the right place defensively. If someone just dribbles around you, shoots over you, and, and busts shots right in your eye. I don't think he was a liability defensively. I think he was. He was good. And he was Good? smart. He was not awful. Well, I mean, off the bench for you know, you you just talked about him being the fifteenth man as and a fifteenth guy yeah, as a good. A he's a good defender. He didn't do look at. He's not going the full ninety four feet and dunking on people. He's just he's Damian Lee. Well, that's my point. Is I like my Damian Lee 
Like I like, uh, Chios, you know, Chios is the same my Chios is exactly. Chios like is the same way. S- sitting at the end of the bench, waving a towel for everybody else. But Steve Kerr would sit here and tell you that there's value in Chios. There are reasons why he would play over the before mentioned Moody and the Kamingas of the world because at times he needed someone to direct flow, to run the team, to make sure that you don't turn the ball over, to give some level of experience. There's value in that throughout the course of a basketball season. Now, granted, for fans like you and I, we may not recognize it, but believe you me, they're there. No one makes an NBA roster and then actually gets time unless you're contributing to the team. Or or, or if you're married to the star's <laughs> sister. Cam, there you go. It's again, our, come again, on, wait, Cam, wait, give it to me. See, now, but here's the thing, though, is that I'm reading the text line. I'm reading the text line, and I'm like, wait, everybody, don't come down on Damian Lee. <laughs> and then you, Dan. Then you. No, Godfather. Then you force me. <laughs> then you force me to sit here and be like, well, no. He's because he's not that guy. He's not that guy. He is the guy at the end of the bench that's married to Steph's sister. And that's what I want. I don't he's in the I, family, I do not, Shamar. He's in the I, family. He is a member of the family. But I don't want to see him. I don't want don't him. Don't disrespect the family, Shamar. On the court. Wait, never disrespect the family again. Never. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. No, no, never go against the family that's again, his, right? That's, that's the one. All right, so we're talking about Damian Lee, who is now... Not, no, wait, 925. Warriors having a lot worse than Damian Lee. Who? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Damian Lee is gone. Gone is GP2. Gone is Otto Porter. Gone is also... Who am I leaving out here? Nemnia You're beginning Bielitsa. about Bielitsa is gone. Chioza is also gone in JTA. JTA gone. goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. Any issues that GP2 not only leaves, but he goes... To the Portland Trailblazers, because these are guys that you're going to see throughout the entire season, obviously, multiple times. But you do what's best for you. You know what? I always, in the back of my head, GP2 was the one guy I felt was out the door, not only because I didn't, because I felt as though he was hitched to Kevon Looney. If there's mm-hmm. enough money in the kitty, we will give it to you, GP2. But your number went too high. We got to let you go. I also think his dad, his dad, as much as he might have an allegiance to Oakland, went to Skyline High. Shout out. I think his dad's about getting paid. Like, son, you got to go. Let me tell you something. You're 32 years old. I know. I've been in this. You get only so many opportunities. This right. might I'm be t- it. I'm tired of paying for your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Go get yours. Yeah. That, you, better t- you better take that 28 million, boy. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pay your get rent Get you ever. off my payroll. <laughs> Jim's hanging out in 707 land. What's up, Jim? How are you today? Welcome to the big program. Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Isn't it nice we're able to talk about losing players like Damian Lee and, uh, and GP2 and, and act like it's hurting us? <laughs> years past, years past, this hasn't been our side. So, well, but also, um, hey Jim, you, you you remember when it was like Gilbert Arenas and and Jason? Oh my God, <laughs> Jason Richardson, like that that hurt. That was bad. Hey, yeah, don't talk about Jay Rich. That's my guy, man. I love that dude. Uh, he was all we had for years, fellas. And they, and they just that let was, him walk away. Our guy. And they just let him walk yeah, away. No, no, they traded. Who'd they trade him for? Um, man, the Phoenix for. Um, I can't remember who we traded him for. Exactly. Horrible. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, 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 during the playoffs, oh, I'm sorry, D. Lee got too much time for my liking. Mm-hmm. He was beat defensively. He couldn't hit a three. He was taking up where I thought Moody should have been playing. Uh, D. Lee was playing, and that that didn't set well with me. Both my son and I were like, this guy's only on the roster because he's, he's, you know, Curry's uh, brother-in-law. That's the only reason why he's even on the team. So that didn't hurt. I wish GP2 had stayed. Um, only because he got his chance with us, and he was going to be a videographer, for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> I put him on the roster. 
and he made himself nine mil a year. Good for him. Love, love Gary Payton. Love what he brought. Um, we're going to miss him defensively, but I think if we get Moody in the right spot and, and, and Kaminga in the right places, I don't think we're going to miss either of those tremendously. The, the young guys were just were not ready last year. But uh, all in all, this is a great spot to be in, isn't it? I'll take everything off the air, fellas. Appreciate you. Jim, way to summarize, man. You're right. Think about this, Shamari. If I was to take you back a year ago and we're having this conversation, is there any way I could have convinced you a year ago that – People are going to be up in arms because you lost GP2. <laughs> you still wasn't even supposed to make the team. Or that you lost Otto Porter or, or Bielitsa. Listen, if you lost Jordan Poole or Kevon Looney decides that he's not coming back or you lose, I don't know, you take one of the big three out of the equation, Wiggins says, look, at you didn't give me an extension. I'm going to go, you know, get me out because I don't want to be back here next year. You didn't respect me. Something like that happens. It's worthy of a phone call and or conversation. We are just, you know, we're picking at a scab here, man. There ain't nothing really here. We, we're spo- GP2, really? Dumb nation is spoiled. And, and you know, that thank you. Bob Meyer, Joe Lake, Peter, they have spoiled us. And before that, right, we were, you know, like, what's the, uh, we were abused. That's <laughs> like, like Dubs fans were abused for 40 years, and now we're spoiled. And you know what? After all that abuse at the hands of previous ownership groups, the fact that this ownership group has not only spoiled us with championships and trips to the finals, but also continuity, right? Which, again, man, I just said the list, okay? Jason Richardson got traded. Baron Davis, they let him walk. Like Right when we love Baron Davis, they oh, well, no, we're going to let him walk away to L.A. Antoine Jameson left town. Gilbert Arenas was allowed to leave town uh, for, for, for nothing, right? Um, and let me just go back to being 13 years old and them trading Tim Hardaway uh, to, or letting Tim Hardaway go to the Miami Heat. I'm 13. I'm 13 years old, Dan. Me and every kid that, like, Picked up a basketball during 1992-91. Like, we were all trying to practice the killer crossover like Tim Hardaway, okay? Tim Hardaway in the Bay, if you were a Dubs fan, if you were a basketball fan, like, he was second to Jordan here. Maybe not the NBA, but here, Tim Hardaway, killer crossover, he was it. And right Would when— Would you say he's the first guy that really perfected it at the NBA level? I know it was oh here. My God, yeah. oh, but at yeah. the NBA level— Oh man, the yeah. usage to me started with Tim Hardaway. Sorry, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, and but that's my thing. Uh, and by the way, I, I never nailed it. There's one kid named EZO. He could do the killer crossover. He was the only one out of like his 50. nickname's EZO, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, no. So then, like, right after somebody finally mastered the killer crossover, boom, Hardaway's traded away, and, and that's what we've dealt with. But think about this, and you're right. I listen. Do we want to lose GP two? Can we throw some verbal darts at Bob Myers? I guess. But it could be a lot worse. Well, no, but that's the thing is that we can't. But the only thing to say about, about Bob Myers is that he spoiled us. We're a bunch of brats. And, and it's nothing wrong with being a brat. Just, it, it just acknowledge your brathood, though. That's all. If you were in Brooklyn right now, wouldn't you rather be doing a show? Let's just say we worked out in Jersey and we're doing a show about Brooklyn. Wouldn't you rather be doing a show about losing... Nick Claxton. Ah, we lost. We would have liked to bring Nick Claxton back, but we lost him. You know, we couldn't hang on to everybody. No. You're talking about Kevin Durant walking out the door. You're talking about potentially Kyrie Irving going out the door. You're talking about your entire. Well, well, you're also talking about Kyrie Irving staying, which if, if I'm a Brooklyn fan, I don't want that. And here we, my point being, yeah, no. is just to bring it back home. 
Really? We're talking about, you know, we're talking about freaking practice. No, we're talking about GP2. Cam, I'm making you work today. Give me some Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. We're talking about GP2. Really? We're talking about GP2. All right, let's continue <laughs> it. We're talking about GP2? RJ's right, in Napa. RJ, what's going on, man? How's Napa? You sipping wine out there? What's happening? You got a good Pinot in your hand? Uh, no, not today. It's a little early. Um, yeah, so Jason Richardson was actually traded to Charlotte for the uh, immortal Brandon Wright. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, too, was a big Jay Rich guy. And, and when he got traded, one, that upset me just because he got traded. But then when he got traded for who he got traded for, I was like, that's it? That's all we got back? And people are saying, well, Brandon Wright, he's, you know, he's pretty good. Number eight pick in the draft, blah, 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 blah. And then he turned out to be like an absolute zero. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, clearly I'm not over it yet. Give me a few more years. So thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate the time. Really, though? Seriously, I- I'm not over the I'm not over Jay Ridge leaving town either, man. Like, I don't care where they traded him, where they let him walk. Like, that was our guy. He won the dunk contest. He was like the only all-star on teams that featured names like Bimbo Coles and Speedy Claxton for a decade. And then they're like, oh, we, we, oh, we don't need him. Shamar, are you the type of guy who's not over the Monte Ellis trade, too? I mean, be real. Come on. No, because the Monte Ellis no, trade no, worked. No. But early on, did you think that that was bad I know trade? for a fact he hated it. The Monte Ellis trade? Yeah, you did. You I admitted as much. Well, see, here's the deal. I held you said, yes, I was. Damn, no, no, no. one of those people no, no. that okay, hated well, Monte going up. So That's all right. The, you weren't alone. I hated losing Monte Ellis, but I understood the logic of bringing in a big man and allowing Klay Thompson to step into the starting role. Now, I didn't think it was going to work out as well as it did, but I understood the logic, although I hated the fact that they traded Monte, but in part because they had just let Jay Rich go, like what, like three years before that? And I spent my entire life as a Dust fan watching all of my favorite players walk out the door. That was the most significant trade in the history of this franchise. Absolutely. Really Bringing in a legit big, getting Clay run, mm-hmm. that changed the entire complexion of this team. That's what started the run in terms of, but, but of, so, so of the championships. But, but just to clarify, yes, I did hate the Monte trade. I did hate that, but I understood it, though. I, 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 I still don't understand. I didn't understand then, and I will never understand trading Jay Rich. The text line's going, DiVincenzo looks like a white JTA. Please let me let me know you see it. I can't. I, I can't. I don't know. I'm going to look at some side-by-side pictures. He's about two inches, three inches shorter. Not the same sort of game. I don't know where we're going with that. Not at all. All right. <laughs> do we want to get into KD? We'll stay with the Warriors, all right? We're going to stay but with the I do want to get, get into KD later. The next hour. I do want to talk about KD. And listen, there's some talk that KD can come to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that that that's talk, man. I don't I don't think KD. I don't think Kate cuz listen, if KD comes back to the Warriors, he comes back like the the broken X, okay? You know what I'm saying? He comes back like the broken necks, crawling back on his hands and his knees essentially, okay? So KD's not doing that. I don't think that the front office does it because they'd have to gut the team. You get what I'm saying? I don't think that any Parts, any parties in this equation is is down for that, man. It doesn't make sense. We have breaking news. Doesn't involve the Golden State Warriors, but it's a team out of the West. Oh, boy. Zion Williamson and the Pelicans nearing a five-year, $231 million contract extension. So they're all in on the big fella out of Duke, often injured, often hungry. They're going all in 
on Big Zion Williams Williamson. And that is a team that is, you know, when you think about the emergence now of Brandon Ingram, they've got some pieces. They had they, they went to the playoffs with CJ as their best player. CJ was with them, of course. Yeah, he's yeah. with them this year. So CJ McCollum was on that basketball team. But no, but he was the best player on well, that team Brandon last Ingram season. Was, clearly true, Brandon. true, true. Okay, I got you. But I'm just saying though that, that if you had Zion well, into this? that team that kind of gave who they played in the first, they played the, the Suns, yep. and they took the Suns to six games without Zion. So how's this? Because you hear this with just about every team, and just about every team is sort of getting in a conference room as we speak and saying, are we in on the steal? Do we have enough pieces when it comes to Kevin Durant? I've heard the New Orleans Pelicans are one of those teams that might have enough assets when it comes to Brandon Ingram, moving Ooh. some other players, and then obviously you got to give a boatload of draft picks. If we can bring Kevin Durant to team with Zion Williamson, is that enough to walk down the Golden State Warriors? Mm. That that would be. It depends on what you give up, though, right? It depends on what you give up. So Sean Marks apparently wants two All Star caliber dudes, man. Okay, he wants two All Star caliber dudes for Kevin Durant. Now, is he gonna get that? I don't know, but that's the asking price. So any team hypothetically that has Kevin Durant loses two All Stars because apparently two All Stars equals one MVP, right? <laughs> that that's good math, I guess. So. Is Zion Williamson going to the Pelicans in this deal? Because that would be scary, right? Like like Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Kevin Durant. That is kind of scary. Yeah, so they've got no. Keep in mind they got that Jose Alvarado who's had that big year, but I'm not going to count him. Yeah, that, that's a. I'm going to tell you this much, okay? Two hundred and fifty million. That 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 will buy Zion Williamson a whole lot of Twinkies and Ho Hos. That's what I could definitely tell you. But Zion's coming back. So it'd be guys like, you know, there's the fringe players. Brandon Ingram would obviously be the key. But then you're looking at Larry Nance Jr. would probably get thrown into that package. Uh, I don't know if C.J. McCollum gets thrown into that package. And then you've got, you still have draft picks going back to your deal with that of the, the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> they have the Lakers. And here's, the, here's the funny thing about that, that those draft picks that, that, that they have for the Lakers is, is those are high draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, These are like the top 10, top 12 picks because the Lakers, you know, stink. And you also, you also probably have like Jose Alvarado and Jackson Hayes. Yeah, I mentioned Alvarado. Yeah. And maybe uh, Jonas Valanciunas in that deal too. Hmm. I didn't think about Valanciunas. But okay. you got to be careful and not gutting your entire team. Otherwise, it's just a wash, right? The reason you're trading for this guy is that you want to keep some of your assembled pieces so that you can make that run at a time. Hey, the 408 is saying that – I mean, they're saying a few things. That they're, they're, they're referencing Damian Lee, but they said it, they're saying an interesting thing. The very first piece of this dynasty was bringing David Lee to town, right? Now, I would say, and I think you kind of said this, is that – Trading Monte, bringing in Bogut, and and like establishing a team that has a big man and you know one through five that they play traditionally. I will say that was the launch of the dynasty, right? But but th- they're saying David Lee, and I think that is actually a valid point. You also have Igadala coming to town as a valid point of the launch. What would you say? What would you say was the launching point where the dynasty began? Right? I, I mean, in, in Bogut, Bogut, yeah. I think Bogut too, but I I could I, I don't think David Lee, but I do think Iguodala's arrival could also be considered because that's when it's like this is a destination that free agents would want to come and play in. Oh, it became a perfect storm when you got Iguodala and all the pieces began to add up. But the first time you got a former number one pick out of the University of 
Utah, and he's a center. Again, he always, and this sort of relates back to James Weissman, although the game is being played differently when Andrew Bogut came into the league and even when he came to the Golden State Warriors. Now everybody's got to stretch and get out and guard people. <laughs> but Andrew Bogut was the first guy to legitimize the Warriors in terms of a front court player going back to, I don't know, J.B. Carroll. I mean, <laughs> Nate, they did not Nate have Thurman, that guy. Right, yeah. And he's suddenly changed. Now suddenly you could have the shooters which they always had. They had the bells and whistles with Don Nelson and company, but it was it was always hollow because there was never any foundation. Now you had Stephen Clay, but uh-oh, you got somebody backing that crap up, and a guy by the name of Andrew Bogut who legitimized that team. And then, of course, you filled in the pieces. But to Ooh, me, the foundation the, was Andrew wait, Bogut. Wait, the 5-1-0 will say David Lee getting hurt. Yeah, that opened the door, obviously, for that, Draymond Green. Because Draymond, because if David Lee doesn't get hurt, man, I don't think Draymond Green emerges. Oh, no, the writing was on the wall. You could see... When Draymond was was slowly taking over his minutes, that just opened the door because you could clearly see that th- that he was becoming that stretch four or stretch five at times. <laughs> All right, we got to get to a break. We're going to continue to talk about the Golden State Warriors. I do want to get into KD, KD, an absolute mess in Brooklyn, and the most confused man in the history of sports is next here on ninety five seven The Game. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 